It's the Early Access Podcast, episode 66. It is Thursday, not Tuesday, December 16th, 2021. Find us on Spotify and iTunes. It shows DJ Nikki Kuehler is here also. I realize I've been incredibly inconsistent on this season of the Early Access Podcast with actually running the show on Tuesdays, but that's because things happen and this show makes Kuehler and I absolutely no money. Actually, Kuehler is losing money because we stream this live on twitch.tv slash Shampoo. Usually at 4 p.m. on Tuesdays, but it's 4 p.m. on Thursday right now. And Kula just resubbed to me for 89 months. We would have been losing our money anyways. And so Twitch takes half of that money, and I only get 250. But 89 months is how long that I've been a content creator. Of course, we haven't been running this podcast for more than, what, a year or two so far on episode 66. So if you listen to an episode every day, actually, the first season was 52 episodes, I think. So if you listen to an episode every week, for a year. I think that's the whole first season. And then this second season is going to be a little bit shorter. This is what I'm calling the season two finale because Kula and I are going to take a little bit of break from the podcast. Christmas is coming up. She's coming back over from France and the New Year's is coming up. And I just want to take a break and sit around and not have as many responsibilities to have to write show notes and come up with entertaining topics and be interesting and have energy. So we're going to be ending season two of the Alexis podcast with episode 66. And we'll come back at some point next year unless I get hit by a sleigh of reindeer or more likely a car or a meteor or something like that but i have some gaming news to talk about and then at the last part of the show we're going to do some year in review stuff and read some funny i think robot generated biographies from myself but i want to follow up with a story that we talked about last week talking about how activision fired a bunch of qa that were working on warzone And I, unfortunately, got to see the direct result of what was happening there. So Warzone Caldera came out last week, been playing it a little bit, added a bunch of new guns, completely new map. I absolutely hated Verdansk, my least favorite map of all time. So I was really excited to see Caldera. And my expectations were on the floor. They they were so low. And I'm glad I kept them low because I was pleasantly surprised that I got a not thrilling Call of Duty experience, but I got a semi-operational Call of Duty experience that can be moved in a direction that I think will eventually be enjoyable, completely enjoyable. So they fired a bunch of QA who were working on Warzone, and we saw so many horrific glitches. There's one where your gun becomes a texture glitch. I feel like this is because... They added 70 attachments or 75 attachments to every single freaking gun in the game, which is unnecessary. 21 of them, by the way, on the assault rifles are red dots. I don't know how many variations of a red dot sight in World War II I need, but they decided Remember I need a lot Remember when they used them. to just have red dot, and it yep. was just called red dot? Yes, that is what it used to be. In fact, in World at War, one of the, not the first Call of Duty World War II game, but the first one that was kind of part of the modern Call of Duty storyline, World at War, Black Ops 1, you know, Black Ops 2. World at War had three attachments, the extended mags, the suppressor, and the red dot. That's it. You got to pick one of them. Now you pick 10 attachments, you put them on your guns, and I think some of these attachments are messing up the textures or or something like, or there's bad combinations of them because you can make it so your gun becomes just a blob of polygons randomly. So if you try to aim down sights, your your screen just basically becomes black. There was one point where my gun consumed me and I was just a walking blob of black rectangles. And this is 
it's it's game breaking. I think by definition, because I literally can't shoot or see people sometimes. You just have to swap to a different weapon or drop your gun and try to punch them to death. So that's really annoying. Uh, we've gotten things stuck in the floor because instead of having 60-story tall buildings like Verdansk had, Caldera has a bunch of mountains and hills, which I overall like the map better. But because there's so many slopes, we've like thrown ammo boxes through the ground. We're like, this is it. There's four people pushing us. I have one mag. Throw the ammo. Ammo just falls through the earth into the core of the earth. And so that's not fun at all. And overall, I feel like if it was a bit more polished, I'd be having a lot more fun. The grinding is so annoying. One of the things with that I really admire about games like Overwatch or Valorant is that everything's available to you. You just... All tracers are the same. All the pissed... I don't know the different... I can't name a single gun in Valorant, but if it was CSGO, like all the AKs act the same, right? It's just the skin on them that's different. And I hate the grinding... Because one gun can be hilariously overpowered one week, and then they'll just nerf it into oblivion the next week, and then you'll have to regrind for another gun. It's just, it's super, super annoying. Um, but overall, I'm enjoying the map. I also hate the changes they made to loadouts. Now you have to, like, wait for the loadout to drop before you can buy a loadout. So there'll be times where we'll be sitting on $100,000, and we'll just have nothing to spend it on because we have to wait extra time for the loadout to drop from the sky. And uh, they made a lot of changes that are, I guess, more noob-friendly. You can drop. This felt really unfair. When you win a gulag, you drop in with the gun that you used in the gulag. Sometimes. Sometimes there's a glitch where you'll only drop in with a rock and your fists. And by the way, your fists do less damage than hitting someone with a pistol. So that really sucks. And rocks do one damage if you hit someone with it. So that's a fun glitch. But when you drop in from the gulag, you drop in with a gun. So one time I dropped in with a shotgun because I won my gulag rejoined the 3v4 team fight that my team was in and just dropped behind the guy who had originally killed me literally no more than 45 seconds ago, blasted him in the back of the head with a shotgun because I fell from the sky. And that just didn't seem fair. That didn't seem like a kill that I deserved. And in a 4v4 firefight, if you get picked off, which I did get picked off, you shouldn't be allowed to come back and effectively get a free kill dropping in from the sky if you come in at a good angle. And if you're on the team who took someone out, you shouldn't have to worry about someone coming in out of nowhere and punching you to death in the back of the head with an LMG that they just won in a gulag. So there are definitely some problems with it. But but overall, I am feeling a lot of the pain that comes with firing QA and not getting bugs fixed. And I guess a bunch of people are also out of the office for the holidays. And rightfully, they should be because they're all, all the time stories out there about game developers being overworked and... It just, this game was not released in a good state. Now, I'm not sad about it or that mad because, like I said, my expectations were literally on the floor. So, you know, when I played and there were no hackers, at least that worked. That was that was great. That was cool. I can give them the credit for actually getting the anti-cheat working. Finally, play, being able to play three games of Warzone and not running into a single hacker is... If you told me that two years ago, I I would have thought you were lying because... They're just hackers all over the place, and they'll get around it eventually, I'm sure, and uh, the anti-cheat will keep getting updated, but I'm glad that PC players are no longer ruining my PS5 experience with their aimbots and wall hacks and all that. Okay. In other gaming news, uh, more quests have sold than Xboxes this year. Now, I'm going to put a little asterisk there because the way they measured Oculus standalones, now I've heard the number 10 million, I don't know if we can trust Mark Zuckerberg when he says 10 million. I'm not even sure if he said it, but 
Somewhere around that number, millions of Oculus Quest standalone headsets have been sold. The way that they measured Quest sales uh, was by number of downloads of the mobile app. So to use an Oculus Quest on an Android or iPhone, you need to download the Quest app so you can connect to the Wi-Fi and set it up and all that stuff because uh, it is a headset and to sometimes do things that are annoying, like you want to download a game, it's much easier. Just do it on your phone, send it to the Quest, and the Quest downloads it. So to use an Oculus Quest, you have to connect it through the mobile app. And the way they measured the Quest downloads uh, at 8.1 million was by checking the Oculus app downloads. Uh, That's how they kind of gauge the number of sales. I don't know if that's an accurate number, but that is more than Xboxes that were sold, uh, scraped from VG Charts. That's uh, VGCharts.com with a Z. And they estimate their sales through retail sampling and country trends. And then these are kind of predictions. But basically... VR standalone headsets, the Oculus Quest, have sold as well in 2021, roughly, I'm not going to say more because the the data isn't totally solid, but they sold as much as Xbox. Now, PlayStation's blowing them out of the water. On this chart, 13.7 million PlayStation consoles have been sold, and then Nintendo blowing PlayStation out at 20.8 million. That's with the new, I think the Nintendo Switch OLED is out in the little handheld ones that don't have the Joy-Cons that can be removed from the side. So Nintendo's winning by far, but uh, VR is really starting to pick up steam. I feel like back in 2019 when I was, uh, for the very first time in my life on Tinder, because my friends made me a Tinder, I think something that was really interesting, uh, I guess, I'm not going to say interesting, it was nerdy for me to talk about and niche and no one really understood what I was talking about, was how I talked about I was part of the VR industry. And talking about VR headsets and explaining what the games were and what you could do with them and how you put them on, right? Back in 2019, if you look at this little chart here, they estimate 2.4 million headsets sold versus the 8.1 in 2021. So that was back when I was first kind of going around and telling people about headsets and stuff like that and kind of what I did for work and uh, all that stuff. And today I feel like when I talk about, I go to my barber and I'll talk to him about VR and he has a base understanding of it. Lady Gaga just made a Beat Saber DLC track. Uh, or a DLC album. And they've done it with Rocket League, BTS, which BTS K-pop is absolutely gigantic. Green Day, I think they have a Linkin Park one also, rounding out my middle school playlist. They have all these like super popular artists in Beat Saber. It's gaining so much, and I know there's other games out there than Beat Saber, but it's gaining so much mainstream attraction that uh, the sales are really starting to pick up. Facebook, of course, renaming themselves to Meta and dedicating themselves to building a metaverse, as scary as that can be. Uh, VR is no longer, I'm not going to say it's mainstream, but it's no longer a kind of silly niche thing that Nikki did back in 2019. Now it's something that everyone either has a loose amount of experience with, whether it be playing PSVR at their friend's house or maybe trying out a, one of their friend's Oculus Quest 2s. And now it's uh, more common for for people to either own a headset or have gone over to someone's house or knows a nerd like me or Kuehler. Actually, I got Kuehler into it. I think, Kuehler, when did I... When did you first get your headset? Back in like 20... 20- I don't actually remember, but I think also? it was 2019. I think it would have been around the time. Yeah, because I remember that's when I would be going around. That's when I worked at the VR arcade that we talked about on a previous episode. Um, and that's how I talked about, oh yeah, VR arcades are awesome dates and all that stuff uh, on the previous episode. And that's when Cooler got it also. But now in 2021, uh, it's really starting to pick up steam. Also, Xbox apparently is not doing that well because... PS5s are impossible to get, and I feel like everyone who's like, oh, it's so hard to get a next-gen console, I feel like they're always talking about wanting a PS5, just in my own 
like little personal experience. All right, let's talk about some TikTok news real quick. TikTok has launched TikTok Live Studio. Now, it's a fork of OBS, I found, and it violates some open source policies because all forks of OBS, because it's an open source software, need to be public, but they will hopefully get that all settled, uh, not in court. And uh, I've seen the OBS developers talk about good faith and making sure that they don't want to take them to court. They just want the software available to all. We've talked about in previous episodes about how uh, Streamlabs OBS is in violation of a lot of that stuff. There's also the fact that like there's not really been a court case, like a major, like there's not really major court precedents regarding free software licenses either. So if they do go to court, it's actually kind of a messy situation because it's rare that these things have to actually be upheld. Yeah, yeah. And TikTok is, it's very new with their new live streaming software. So I actually downloaded it and only a certain number of people have access to it. I don't know if I have access to it because I was able to download it and sign in. I just didn't hit start streaming. And I don't know if that's where the gate is for people who have access and don't have access. But I did check my TikTok account and I do meet the requirements for being able to stream on the platform. And now there is a problem with streaming on Twitch um, because Twitch has such strict exclusivity policies. I've talked about it before. Mixer, rest in peace, had very, very open policies. I, I guess except for people like Shroud, who they paid to be on the platform in Ninja, I think they had to straight up be on Mixer. But unless you were one of the top 0.0001% on Mixer, they had very open policies about where you would stream. And so what I see a lot of people do on TikTok is I always see girls streaming Genshin Impact. That's like the only thing that I see people stream <laughs> on TikTok for some reason. And they don't, they're not even streaming Genshin Impact. What they do to get around it is they stream their body in portrait mode, just the camera pointed at them on TikTok. And then there's some text that says streaming on Twitch. And then on Twitch, they have a different webcam and a different video. And I don't know if that, where the fine line is of, oh, they're restreaming content. Because you're not allowed to restream content. If I were to stream the same feed on Twitch and YouTube and I was a Twitch partner or affiliate even, because it's really restricted for affiliates. I don't know if that would be violating the content policies for Twitch because they don't want you to restream stuff as an affiliate or partner. But on TikTok, they're using a different angle technically because it's different camera. So it's not really the same content, but it's the same person playing the same game, saying the same things. I'm not too sure. But anyway, the TikTok OBS, uh, as I'll call it, is a little thing that you can just Google and download. And it looks very similar to normal OBS. It's some very basic features. Uh, one thing that's very cool is because TikTok is very casual based. I mean, you see a lot of people literally just hit record and start talking to their phone. The onboarding process is very simple. You don't have to ask for like bit rate, what resolution you want to stream in. It's just like, are you an idiot? Okay, what's, uh, all right, what kind of phone you have? Bam, you're in. Or what kind of internet connection you have? Bam, you're in. Um, there are some extra customization features like I did make my bit rate custom, but it is pretty easy to set up. And I'm sure because TikTok is a vertical platform, uh, they'll default and kind of help you fit and arrange your scenes into that vertical uh, kind of medium. And so it'll be interesting to see if people start using this because it is available on desktop and you can just stream straight to TikTok on your mobile phone if you have a big enough account to enable those features. So we'll see if TikTok streaming starts blowing up because I see a lot of people this year complaining about Twitch Twitch's ad revenue split. I mean, we just talked about Hercule giving me $5, but only a half of that for 89 months of subbing with people wanting to move off of Twitch for various drama and uh, banning decisions. We'll talk a little bit more about those in a little bit. 
or people don't like the revenue split or YouTube just going out and paying people big bucks to move over to their platform. People are looking for alternative streaming platforms. So we'll see if Twitch can eventually be dethroned as the king of live streaming because I think TikTok is really starting to grow as far as live streams go. I mean, just on Twitch, right? I'll click on someone playing Pokemon cards or playing Warzone, someone who I think is a really skilled player or one of my friends and all that, right? And so I'll search out content that I want to watch and, and games that I'm familiar with. On TikTok, I am not actively searching out live streams of people doing silly trick shots where they bounce a ping pong ball off of two pans in through a paper towel tube, down a Hot Wheels slide, and then down two more pots into a cup that's spinning. Right? I'm not searching for trick shot content. But when I see that stuff on TikTok, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this for five minutes because I want to see if this guy makes it. And he never does. It takes hours. But um, the way TikTok serves you content you didn't know you wanted is really cool. Because when I was a professional Twitch streamer, I was I was a specialty streamer. I was locked into Evolve. I was locked into Battleborn. And if I tried to stream anything else, the discoverability wasn't there for me and no one cared to watch. So I, I'm going to give you approximate but real numbers that I dealt with. 1,800 people watching me play Evolve, 30 people watching me play some random indie game that I wanted to play just to take a break from Evolve, you know? But it's really that big of a swing. And so TikTok and their discoverability and serving you things that are interesting that will keep you engaged and not necessarily always within your interest. Because with Twitch, I always watch things that are in my interest. That's how the site is built. Warzone, uh, Pokemon cards. With TikTok, I'm watching things that, oh, I don't know anything about calisthenics, but this guy's ripped. Let me see what he has to say. And, and so I wonder if TikTok will attract people who want to do more variety content or, or who might want to try out different things because of, I mean, A, onboarding in TikTok is so easy. I mean, it's so casual and low production value and cheap. You, all you need is a cell phone. Or if people, it'll, it'll attract people because of the discoverability on the website. Okay. Kuehler, I need some help. Now, one of the reasons we have Kuehler on the show is because, look, I, I feel like I have a really good filter when I say things. And yes. but but even some things will get past me. Uh, Kuehler, can you okay. read the name of the game? I, I don't think we should read that one, but it is hilarious. Twitch has updated their list of prohibited games. And I don't think you should stream this on TikTok either. But there's one I found on here. That I don't know if we could read it, but this I, can, I think you can read the second part. The second part of the game is Violent Semen Inferno. Uh, Where's the game's name? The game list. I have it on the show notes. It's I'll make it bold for you on, on our show notes. But they have a okay. list of games here that are prohibited on Twitch. Um, some of them are just uh, some of them are pretty tame. There's Criminal Girls. There's Artificial Girl 1, 2, and 3 are banned. These are all probably porn games, but probably. this one, this that one I highlighted is just an absolutely hilarious name. Should Violent Semen Inferno. Violent I don't know if you can say that on Inferno. Spotify. I don't know this if we what, can. We get banned a lot, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted a second opinion because it's hilarious, but I mean, just go to Twitch's Prairie Games page if you want to see it. Look up but, the second part. I think you'll get the first part. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the main thing to talk about on this article, uh, other than that absolutely hilarious, they banned genital jousting. I think that's a pretty... PG-13 game. Anyway, they banned uh, all randomized video chat platforms, uh, platforms like Chat Roulette or Omegle, 
are now banned on Twitch. I can imagine that's because sometimes you can see things on Omegle that you probably should not Yeah, that, that completely makes sense, I think. And I'm surprised it took this long to uh, get removed and not allowed on the platform. But uh, they are not letting you go on Omegle and generate content off of interacting with random internet strangers. Now, kind of relating to the last topic, there are these TikToks I see where these guys go on and they're like, hey, can I play you a song? And it's one guy. And the person's usually like, yeah, sure. And then they drop a curtain and it's like a whole band and they like jam out. And the reactions yeah, people cool get on Omegle are really cool. But like- I remember even like when Tractor Real kind of first became a thing, it was known as the place where you just find like dicks out in like every mm-hmm. video. It was like notorious for that, so I'm surprised you can do that on Twitch at all. Yeah, and so I think for live stream content, whether whether it be on TikTok Live or on Twitch, probably not a good idea to be doing that stuff unless you're using what's that website, Kuler? What's the website you can stream on for gamers? It's like Twitch, but you can oh, actually God, be naked. I forgot. I forgot. Plexstorm. But that's I, it. Yeah. Plexstorm. They follow that. me on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Plexstorm okay. is a website. They follow you on Twitter, really. Yeah. Yeah. I love those guys. And by I love those guys, I mean I visit their site like once every four months when I remember that they exist. Plexstorm is Twitch. No, I it's a gaming exist. website where you can literally just play naked. And there, there are not a lot of viewers on there, nor there are a lot of people. Um, so it's kind of a, one of the problems with social media networks is they're popular because they're popular. And so people have to be on there for people to want to stream on there for people to want to watch on there. And it's a kind of chicken and egg scenario. But anyway, unless you're on PlexStorm specifically, I think live streaming, chat roulette and Omegle being banned, I think that's fine. Now, going back to the TikTok thing, edited content, because you can just cut to the good parts where people have good reactions or you have good conversations. That, I think, uh, is another thing that uh, you can now start doing on TikTok that you can't do on Twitch. So uh, it's a very small amount of people doing that kind of content. But I think it is uh, interesting that Twitch removed it after all this time, not allowing you to do Omega and all that stuff anymore. Also, I mean, edited content is just YouTube at that point. Like, Twitch has an upload feature, but, like, it's just it never kicked off. No, yeah, no one's searching for vods really. It's not unless their thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not their thing. I mean, people search for vods for the streams they watch, but not for content that was edited and then uploaded to premiere on Twitch. It's just not the platform. Okay, so we have a couple more topics, and then we're going to talk about some more personal stuff. But we have Discord. So Discord. This was uh, about a week or two ago. They're releasing paid features. It goes anywhere from, I believe, $299 to $99.99. That's like $100 US to uh, have exclusive access to certain parts of the site. Now, Discord has promised before that they're not running ads. They've actually been doing a great job of that. They're, they don't run ads on the platform. There's not like on Skype, I'd be in a call with someone and there's a little square box advertising a car on the side. So they've really stuck to their roots on that, but they need a way to make money. They have Nitro. And they have this new premium membership program. Now, one of the cool things with this premium membership program is I've talked about how Kuler only gives me gives me five dollars, but I only get two fifty. The split on Discord is ninety percent to creators. So if on Discord Kuler would give me ten dollars, I get nine bucks, which is incredible <laughs> because you're still having to pay taxes and for all of your equipment fees and all that stuff being a creator. And they allow you to pay gate parts of your discord server now this is super cool because if you think of things like patreon and things like i guess only fans um, which also have i don't know if patreon has chat features but i know only fans has chat features 
they have everyone, every streamer already has their own Discord server, and the chat features are already also heavily used. In fact, I've met tons of girls who aren't gamers, and instead of like, hey, give me your Snapchat, or hey, give me your phone number, it's like, now give me your Discord. And I've gotten that from non-gaming uh, people Did who I've people wanted to talk to. Yeah, people actually do that now. People do that, because I remember when I was like a little bit prior to pandemic, like maybe 2018, maybe part of 2019, it was really hard, because all I had was like Discord was like the only really like proper one that I would use. I mean, like Twitter's not really a communication platform for me. It's more of like a posting. And like no one had Discord, or at least no one like would give away their Discord, I guess. And it was always like, it was always just kind of Instagram was kind of the tag. So I'm surprised that Discord's actually getting big enough that people will give away their tag. Yeah, Discord has successfully transitioned during the pandemic from a gamer only, because they reach peak market saturation, I'd, I'd imagine, a gamer yeah, only imagine. environment uh, an app to being an app for pretty much anyone to use. Well, to be fair, I'm asking in situations of like conventions and things like that. So places where people yeah. would probably be on Discord already, but even then it was actually kind of rare to find people on Discord. Yeah. And they've they've gotten tons of more people onto the platform now that they've kind of rebranded to be a place for everyone to talk. And so because everyone has their own Discord server, every friend group has their own Discord server, everyone, every streamer's got their own Discord server, to then have the paid features that like a Patreon or OnlyFans would have uh, now, I don't think you could still do, like, super nudity on big Discord partner servers or, like, super sexual content. But to have everyone already on the platform, like I said earlier, social media platforms are popular because they're popular. Discord's already popular. And so there are already features that allow you to stream to Discord as well. Uh, and you can now pay gate parts of Discord. Discord could eventually become not just, hey, after you're done watching my stream, let's go continue the conversation on Discord. Maybe the whole entertainment part of a live stream or like uh, you can do little stages on Discord. So you can do a talk or something like that or do a presentation. Maybe all of those things that people use other sites for, they now go to Discord for. And now Discord is the paid features on top of it. So they're really, really expanding. And actually, one thing I wanted to point out was one of Discord's failures on top of this. Now they're really now starting to find their market niche for all kinds of creators and all kinds of people with just random people now giving me their discord tags and then moving away from gaming specifically targeted gaming was discord has a game store and i actually spoke to some discord employees as they launched the discord game store because right after they launched the discord game store epic launched the epic game store and the epic game store is killing it with fortnite and they got the whole unreal engine and all that and so i talked to discord employees and they're like yeah they're they're beating our ass. That's not what they said, but that's my takeaway from the conversation. And they're actually discontinuing the Discord game store. I know this because I play Temtem and I bought Temtem on the Discord game store and I have to migrate my Discord Temtem save over to Steam or something else um, because they're slowly going to be sunsetting the Discord gaming app. Another huge point in Discord's kind of leaving gamers and more being for creators and being for everyone and being for schools and for conferences and, and all that kind of stuff and for the casual user. And so they're really starting to move away from gaming with them, uh, depreciating the Discord game store. And it'll be interesting to see how much more they're growing because they just, I feel like exploded over the pandemic. Tons of people who I'm talking to who aren't gamers at all. One of my main methods of talking to them other than text is sending a message through Discord. And there's also the cool thing of like, Oh, what's Kuehler doing right now? Like you can see if she's online or offline or if she's playing City Skylines or if Nikki's playing Pokemon. You know, they have that integrated 
Um, what are you doing on your too? PC thing? Spotify. Yeah. So one guy I knew who he, he, he listened to Mr. Brightside like 24 seven because you'd click on his name and it was Spotify playing Mr. Brightside by the Killers. It's a good song, but 24 seven, man. And one person who did the same thing for Stockholm Syndrome by Muse. And like, there, there's some people who will just play the same song and now you can see it publicly. Yeah. And you can even see if I'm editing a video, then I'm on DaVinci Resolve. Or if I'm uploading a TikTok, I'm on Blue yeah, Skies. Or you can see like every little thing I'm doing. Now I do turn it off sometimes. You can get a little so intrusive. So actually. Yeah, sometimes I turn it off. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to share everything I'm doing. You don't, you don't need to know what uh what but VR sometimes there's a little I bit of a sometimes it's like uh hey i got this new game i'm playing it and stuff and i want to show that and yeah or like oh nikki's busy right now because if you see nikki in steam vr you're like all right well he's very clearly yes, occupied right yes now. every time i'm always like yeah, okay you're in vr i'm not gonna message or sometimes i'll message you anyways because i know you can like turn your hand or something there and do whatever and go to the desktop i can do that yeah it's more cumbersome it's more cumbersome yeah i can literally attach there are features in vr where you can attach uh, an app or a window or a chat on your hand so you can like flip your hand over and kind of see what's going on but all right what i liked in the um what i liked in uh, elite dangerous since you have like a 180 field of view inside your spaceship the, the back is closed off to you um i put the chat like far on one side so i could just like turn so like part of my console when i was streaming that i streamed like twice only so it's not like a big thing i did but it's kind of cool yeah you could physically see the chat like you'd be looking at another monitor all right in the last bit of Twitch news, now this is just kind of funny. This will be a palate cleanser before we get into the hilarious stuff uh, or the sad stuff, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Soldier Boy, yeah, you guys remember that guy. Uh, I, I didn't even know that he was still making music or he's a producer or something because they would, in middle school, they would always play. I'm 26 for reference. So when was, when was I in middle school? Was like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I that. 2006, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. 2006, 2008. Uh, Soldier Boy was on Twitch and he got banned. So he tweets out, and I'm going to read the timestamps. 9-11 a.m. on December 15th. I need the best lawyer money can buy. DM me. I got millions. I want to sue Twitch. I feel like they racist. They banned me without no explanation. I will not stand for this. Uh, Well, they banned tons of people. Then he tweets, hashtag boycott Twitch, hashtag Twitch is racist. 9-15 a.m. Same day, 9-18 a.m. Who is the CEO of Twitch, and where can I find this N-word at? Um, Didn't (laughs) didn't pre-read that there, but... I uh, did catch myself. December 15th. That was three minutes later. Then, eight minutes later, seven or eight minutes later, 9.25 a.m. I need to talk to you now at eShear. That's Emmett Shear. He's the CEO of Twitch. (laughs) (laughs) And then, one day later, he tweets, just spoke with Twitch. I'd like to send an apology to the entire staff in the community. It's their decision, and let's just see what happens. Thanks for your support. Praying emoji 100 I, I don't know what Emmett Shear did to Soldier Boy, but he was ready to fucking throw hands. And uh, Emmett Shear really, really let him uh, let him know what was going on. I don't know what was going on there, but uh, Soldier Boy just got banned from Twitch. And that's really no surprise because I feel like someone gets banned from Twitch. Either a gigantic streamer says something racist or they beat their wife on stream or they're caught doing a CSGO gambling kind of money laundering rip off your children nft scam and soldier boy is just the uh twitch person who got banned of the week not even not even the person who got banned off the week because hassan got banned also this week oh that's so, right i forgot yeah, about that never seen him but he's obviously shows up in the trending tab like every week so i think vosh also got banned political people got banned and then soldier boy 
Yep. And Soldier Boy was just the funniest one that came across for me on my By feed. By far. <laughs> okay. So the last half of the podcast, we're going to talk about a bunch of personal stuff. This is going to be kind of year in review section. Uh, now, I I like what my friend Firepunch told me one year. I don't remember his exact words, but it was like, uh, you don't need a new year to like start a new habit. It's kind of like you don't have a resolve if you need a new year to make a resolution. He said something like that. And so I really uh, kind of take that to heart. And it's a year is just kind of how you bucket together a bunch of things that happen to you, I feel like. But it's not necessarily like, oh, next year will be better. It's a fresh start. It's not really. It's a continuation of what's been going on. We're still in the pandemic and all that. It's also just a um, trend, right? Because obviously, yeah. culturally, it's the end of the year. Every every website is releasing their like wrap-up. Reddit's got like, what's subreddits did you go to? I've made like three posts in the whole year. Spotify has to wrap up everything. So let's join in on the trend. Everyone's doing reflections right now. We just kind of decided culturally this is a point when we're going to reflect yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like, I want to get across the point that I feel like you can change at any part of the year. It doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year. Like you should always be By trying to means. improve yourself. And uh, now, that being said, though, I am still going to wrap up uh, what has happened to me in 2021. And I'm going to do so by Googling myself. And so, because I've been around on the internet for so long, there are these robot, I don't know if it's a robot or if it's a, a I think it's a person. Um, or sorry, I think it's a robot and not a person doing this by hand, although I wouldn't be surprised if someone like came in here and loosely edited them. So if you Google Stell Shampoo, first off, my SEO is great. I come up on everything, but there's some robot generated profiles. I'm going to read uh, two of my robot generated profiles. Stell Shampoo, Twitch star is uh, is what I'm listed here as. Birthday, January 30th, 1994, which is not correct. And I wonder if they'll update it. I wonder if they go through these podcasts or I feel like they don't if they're a robot kind of parses out and gets the script of what I've said and then corrects I'm it sure based it's a robot. Said. all of these read kind of like robots and I think it is it has to be a robot robots yeah. but someone has to be maintaining the site so I don't know if they like for the bigger people I think people. someone might maintain it but also it's like yeah. are you big enough for someone to really have gone in there and edited and so it's like no. I mean the, the birthday's still wrong right so. yeah so the birthday January 30th 1994 uh, that is off by one year birthplace US that's correct I am not 27 yet I'm 26 Birth sign Aquarius, uh, that is correct. The About. Online gamer and shoutcaster known for his stealth shampoo Twitch live gaming channel. He has gained popularity there for his Uncharted and The Last of Streams. Now that's actually completely correct. Uh, so very good job on that robots part. Before fame, he's, uh, it says, he began his gaming career initially as a competitive Call of Duty player. Not exactly true i have competed in call of duty i did game battles and i, I actually did like this local one came from, land this, this is why i think it's a bot this is why i think it's a bot because i remember in one of your bios i forget which one it was i think it either was like youtube or twitch when they had like bios or something even though they still do but like it said that you were a competitive call of duty player before streaming I may you that may be true. something along that site. So then I think that's the bot. This is why I think it's a robot because I think it took that wording and then ran with it. Yeah, it's certainly a robot. People aren't doing this by hand. And I or think is it they, professional or is it something that make it seem like you were you weren't just playing with Kyle, you know? Yeah, Kuehler has been around Still Shampoo for uh, as long as anyone else has been. Uh, I used to go to LAN events. I'm, I'm by no means a pro at Call of Duty. I think if you look at my Warzone stats, I'm like top two percent like i'm not i'm not incredible i'm definitely above average but uh, i'm definitely still not the best at the game uh i'm mm -hmm. super rusty now i didn't i don't play as much as i used to when I, when I was a kid i played eight hours a day like all the time after middle school um, i love playing cod so that that's roughly true but anyway let's go on trivia he has served as a shoutcaster for assassin's creed multiplayer 
He also played Evolve as a member of Turtle Rock Studios' team. Now, I didn't work for Turtle Rock Studios as the game dev for Evolve, but I did shoutcast for Assassin's Creed multiplayer. Family life. He was born and raised in the United States. Well, that's completely true. And then it says associated with. He and Quentin de Brogues. That's a French. Game. De Borges. De Borges. Thank you, Killer. De Borges. It's, it's, it's the, oh, the R comes after. Ah, okay. No, I'm just reading uh, what it says on the. <laughs> okay. No, I see. Now I'm 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 stupid. That's why I never got in the newsroom. Uh, are both known for their prolific Uncharted 4 gameplay. I think I feel like I'm known more for my The Last of Us gameplay than Uncharted gameplay, but sure. So that's kind of what the... Uh, that's from FamousBirthdays.com if you look up Stella Shampoo. So that's kind of... I have been in one of these databases before where someone did it by hand. Someone did Assassin's Creed multiplayer players. And all I remember is my danger level was nine <laughs> there was they gave a danger level um on assassin's creed multiplayer someone went through and like played and cataloged who they played against and some people had danger levels and some people had threat levels and i feel like having a danger level was way cooler and i remember i played with kitty my best friend my danger level was higher than her threat level i feel like having a danger level is way cooler. i was danger level nine and I, someone did that one by hand which is why sometimes i think people do this by hand nine out of what no, oh, nine out, out of what? Yeah, I think it was out of ten. Yeah, I think Maybe it was out of my 10. danger level. That's pretty high danger level, yeah. Yeah, I was extremely dangerous. I should put that on any future dating bios. I got a nine. No, I shouldn't. Nine. I shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> I should put danger level nine. All right. So we have a more robust room, well, more robust one from allfamousbirthday.com slash shampoo. This one creeps me the fuck out, and this is how I'm going to kind of spring into my year in review. So it also gets my date of birth incorrect at January 30th, 1994. And again, um, this is my Twitch star. theory of that it's bots because one, someone puts the date up and another bot grabs from one another bot. Yeah. Now, this bot says that. something that, that shocks me and that is very, it's a little weird. We'll go on. So, uh, still shampoo, net worth, birthday, height, age, blah, blah, blah. How old is still shampoo? Uh, short profile. It has everything not logged for father, mother, sibling, spouse, children. That's cool. I uh, guys don't necessarily need to know about that. Biography. Still Shampoo is a famous Twitch star born on January 30th, 1994 in the United States. Online gamer and shoutcaster known for his Still Shampoo Twitch live gaming channel. He has gained popularity there for his Uncharted Last of Us streams. According to astrologers, uh, Still Shampoo's zodiac sign is Aquarius. They really... They, they, they found some random 21-year-old like woman. Like, according to astrologers, like as right. if like we consulted astrologers and we've concluded that you're sign is the sign that is defined by a date range uh, under ethnicity religion and political views uh they don't have anything listed it is not known i'm filipino just literally look at me just i mean you could guess i don't I know I've people gotten have gotten mexican wrong. sometimes people have gotten wrong people have come into the stream looked at you and called you the n-word now that, that now they're just being they're just being silly um i've definitely gotten mexican no, i think before. some people did not did look like yeah i've seen mexican too so yeah i've, I've gotten seen, chinese as well and the Philippines is loosely related to Chinese. We have some Chinese culture there, so I kind of see that, but uh, I am definitely Filipino. It's all Asia. All right. This is hilarious. Still Shampoo net worth. Still Shampoo is one of the richest Twitch star and listed on the most popular Twitch star. According to our analysis, Wikipedia, Forbes, and Business Insider, Still Shampoo's <laughs> net worth is approximately $1.5 I fucking wish, buddy. <laughs> I fucking wish. I think this wish. is the one I sent to you. I think this is the one I sent to you that says one point five something million or maybe one said even more 
So they recently updated this. They have net worth, salary, under review, source of income, Twitch star, cars, not available, house, living in own house. Well, the fucking duh. I think you say that about almost anyone. He began his gaming career initially. Yeah, right. He began his gaming career initially as a competitive Call of Duty player. Now, this is a whole, this is a whole header. Stealth shampoo height. That's a whole header. I just want to emphasize how much as a society that we put on men's heights and, and how taller men are more trustworthy and more likely to be CEOs and uh, you know, a short girl, a f- you know, five foot three girl, big. Like, oh, I go. I'm only gonna date guys who are six foot and up, and it's like, bitch, you're five three. I, I'm saying this as something a I completely, I, I've completely been against. I really do not care. We're same team, killer, same team. Anyway, they don't have my height, weight, body measurements, eye color, hair color, or feet or shoe size. All that is off. Now, I, I've said my weight before on this podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of, I've gone up a little bit. I'm 178 right now. Look, man, I, I, I had some fried chicken over the weekend, and you know. But all that other stuff, hair color, black, it's been that way my whole life. And then this is the part that freaks me the fuck out. According to our records, Stella Shapu is possibly single and has not been previously engaged. As of June 2021, Stella Shampoo is not dating anyone. And then it says relationship records. We have no past relationship for Stella Shampoo. You can help build the dating records for Stella Shampoo. Um, and then facts and trivia, Stella Shampoo ranked on the list of most popular Twitch star most famous celebrity born in the United States as birthdays on January 30th. The part that freaks me the fuck out is of as of June, 2021, Stella Shampoo is not dating anyone. So between early access podcast, I think it's 52 and 53. I took a break because I've talked about before. I found out my girlfriend of two years at the time was cheating on me. And so I found that out in, I think April, 2021. And I told all my close personal friends, you know, Kuehler and yeah, you um, about that I, the I made, I, told my mutual friends because I wanted them to hear from me what happened and I didn't want to hear rumors and all that. Um, so that was April. So May, June, I think maybe June is about the time when um, I kind of got over the two month phase of Jesus Christ, I'm fucking put on way too much weight, but eating too much ice cream, feeling bad for myself. Let's start rock climbing or at least start thinking about it, start going out. And so June, 2021, I think may have been the first time on stream that I was like, Hey guys, like if I've been feeling down lately, or if I've been, you know, a little bit on edge or a little bit more hostile, like this is what's going on. This is kind of the first time I spoke about it. It was loosely on stream to, um, I think it was one of the, one of the people who has been sub for a very long time. He kind of asked me like what was going on. And I think that was June, 2021 is uh, when I started and when I first said anything about that publicly. And then of course we brought back the early access podcast. So the fact that I have been single because of that, um, kind of popped up. And, and so Again, like I said to Kuehler, I think at the pre-show, I don't know if that's a bot just like throwing darts at the wall and they just kind of hit something like they it, just it don't happen to hit like something. It feels like because they have nothing, they don't have any past relationship. Yeah, yeah, no, like, for sure. It doesn't say there was a breakup. I think it just says they were single and this is just the update date that it was the last time the June bot did a little scan. Yeah, and maybe yeah, they didn't know about like my previous two-year relationship, you know? But when I read that, I was like, yo, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's... Why, why, why the robot got to talk about who I'm dating? But, um, yeah, I, I do feel like uh, it's not... They didn't really have someone go around and try to figure out um, what was happening to me and all that. But, anyway, to get into, like, the kind of year in review stuff, uh, yeah, it has been an absolutely fucking... If you couldn't take from what I was just talking about there, a garbanzo horrific dumpster fire of a year for me. I, I, I'm going to go out and say... That it was it's probably worst year of my life uh not saying like oh yeah i'm fucking homeless i'm gonna i'm gonna die like uh, i'm feeling like super super shitty i do feel bad um but yeah the whole cheating thing happened um kind of the icing on the cake on top of that is i did lose my job uh sometime in the fall which isn't that big 
it hasn't been impacting me super bad financially. I've gotten some other job offers, have a little um, kind of freelance side stuff that I'm doing. And of course, every like, you know, a couple months or so, Twitch sends me a paycheck still for uh, doing whatever it is I do on this website. But it just hasn't been a great year for me um, on top of all that stuff. Now, despite that, I've picked up rock climbing. Um, I've gotten notably stronger. I, I'm, I'm about the most fit I've ever been in my life, aside from the fried chicken I had this weekend. Um, but I've also started the Still Shampoo TikTok, which is doing decently well. I think we're at 1,700 followers. Didn't put too much effort into it again after my breakup. Um, I was feeling like shit. Didn't feel like making TikToks. But uh, I've really gotten more into Pokemon cards and kind of supporting my local Pokemon community, running tournaments and attending tournaments and making a, a couple new friends that way. Just trying to go out and keep my head up. Now, like I said before, like 2022 isn't like, oh, yeah, it's going to restart blank slate. You'll feel all better. Let's move into like that's kind of not how it works. Life is a constant cycle of self-improvement. Just overall, like between the months of January and December 2021, um, just for me personally, I I've still been trying to achieve things and make silly little TikToks. And we had we had some that did decently well and then working on myself physically and trying to go out and talk to other people and we're gonna be hanging out with Hewler next week just hasn't overall um i've been i've been trying but overall it's just been not that great for me especially mentally i told Hewler uh, off stream um and i think maybe i've mentioned this while i've been playing pokemon a few times but i have started going to therapy and that has uh, definitely been helping now i i really wish therapy were i guess cheaper or free uh, i wish there was some way for especially men in their 20s I feel like need therapy more than any other demographic of people in the world. Um, and it's definitely been something that's been helping me. I think there is something to be said about finding the right therapist. Now, I got lucky and I found a great one, I think, right off the bat. But uh, for some people, now I'm not dealing with anything super crazy like, like, oh, I don't have like an opioid addiction or any kind of like severe drug addiction or schizophrenia or anything like super, super crazy. I was just more things about working on my mental health and trying to make myself stay motivated and feel productive and um, going out and constantly doing things instead of just, you know, I, I one thing, and I think it's a built in my personality to not do is not be someone who sits around and watches like Netflix all day or sits around and I only play Call of Duty and I don't make anything of it or I don't have any like savings or friends or I don't go out. I think within my personality um, that just won't happen, but also going to therapy um, helps me also on top of me just always wanting to be a productive person helps me be productive and then feel good about it. So uh, I've started doing that maybe the past couple of months and it's been, it's also not as much as people say, like go to therapy. It's not a thing that cures you immediately or like, Oh yeah, in three months you'll feel better. Um, it simply just gives you the tools to, to make yourself feel better. I think what it does for me actually more than anything is it just gives you someone to bitch to like sometimes you can complain to your friends and that's great. But when you have someone that you can rant um, to about things, that's a very neutral part. Not, I'm not going to my therapist week. God, these fucking war zone glitches. They're firing their QA. Talking about some other uh, more personal things. But uh, to have someone with a neutral perspective able to dissect a situation and then give you advice or, or help dissect why you feel a certain way about a certain thing. Because they're not one of your friends. Because while well, your friends probably have your best interest in mind, um, they have their own biases. They're they might be wrapped up in the situation themselves. So they and they're also not licensed <laughs> medical professionals or therapists. And while they have good intentions, sometimes a therapist can give you a fresh perspective that I think talking to other people in your life can't. Not to say you shouldn't talk to other people in your life, and you should definitely have your own support network. And having 
a bunch of friends and having people um, to talk to, whether it be like Kuehler or some of my best friends who live around locally, uh, I think also having a support network definitely helped out. And that's why I'm not absolutely feeling like shit. And like, don't, don't take, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go and like jump off the golden gate anytime soon. Like I feel bad, but I'm, I'm not going to be like trying to drive my car the wrong way on the freeway anytime soon. But uh, I do think that having your own support network and then maybe going out and exploring, um, talking to a medical professional has been really good for me lately in the year. That's sort of my year in review. Do you want to throw anything in, Kuehler? I mean, moving is pretty big. And I guess in the topic of things that can't, um, don't have to start necessarily on the year, I both started this process actually about a year ago. Actually, it's when I first started the moving process. I didn't tell anybody at the time because I was applying, I was doing interviews for a job. And I did not actually, I, I never tell anyone if I'm applying or if I'm doing interviewing for a job because Same. if I don't get in, which I have, I've actually gone through like two interviews and then just got ghosted. So uh, if I don't get in, I don't, I have no shame, right? I don't tell, no one has to have to tell anyone and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't get it or something. It's just per, only to me. It never happened as far as anyone else is concerned. So only when I got it did I actually start mentioning it to people, but it was basically like a... I'd been in the process for like three months or something at the time. It consumed my life and it was actually like, um, I was constantly having to like go out and do paperwork. I spent like months just literally just doing paperwork every evening and, you know, not necessarily mentioning why until I felt like I was ready and I had like something concrete to mention. Uh, moving here was good, I think, in the most part, because after being stuck indoors for about a year and a half since the beginning of 2020, it's like finally something happened that wasn't just I woke up, I went to my desk and worked and then went to sleep or something. Or at the same desk, I started playing like video games or whatever. Can't go outside, can't do anything, can't meet any of the people around here. So I finally at least got to leave, which was really nice. And now the downside obviously is uh, I have to do this podcast. It's currently 2.24 in the morning and I still have work tomorrow. And also the delay, as we've notoriously keep mentioning, is terrible across oh, the yeah. entire world but you know at least every once in a while maybe there'll be a in-person show not this rest of not for the rest of the year not for a while but still um the downside to this and this is something i knew going into so it's not like i was you know blindsided by it i definitely had to, like mentally prepare myself to do it is the fact that i do not really have that local support network for kind of anything because I've abandoned it all almost entirely. Everyone I knew is still in California, or at least most of the people. I know like one person here, but you can't see one person like all the time. Um, so that's kind of like, I guess it's not really a goal that I'm gonna start on next month because a lot of it is not like time-wise, it's literally resource-wise, but to eventually try to find some sort of like actual locality. So I don't feel, I don't just literally have this constant tie back. To, it's, it's like kind of, it's kind of like I still have like one arm left in like California at this point. It's not like I'm gonna cut everyone off, but it's like, you always kind of feel that pool. And the thing is, if you have a massive, if all your friends are still in another place, that's that's when you can get homesick, I think, if you don't find some alternative in your own current location. So I don't know, maybe if anyone else is gonna move somewhere far away, at least that's not like immediately accessible back at home, that's definitely worth, I think, thinking about, that like you have to be able to 
be able to disconnect. Doesn't mean you will. Doesn't mean I'm just going to say like, bye, Nikki, we're never talking again. But it means like, I don't necessarily need this, um, like a visit back home or something to feel like socially fulfilled. Uh, I do not have therapy to deal with it because I still have not been able to get myself into the medical system, largely not because it's they're kicking me out, but because I'm tired of paperwork. So I do not have therapy either, even though I could probably use it because it's been actually crazy. I did not have like a little smooth, it's not like I arrived and everything was cool. I actually almost went homeless in June when I was trying to find an apartment because the Airbnb ran out at the same time my money ran out at the same time. At the, on the same day, I finally got the keys to the actual apartment I have now. So that was like a wonderful series of events where if anything was delayed for like one more day, I would have not had a place to stay. Um, and financially, I've still been a mess, but that will, that will stabilize, I think, with time. But in the meantime, it's, it kind of sucks. It sucked in Thanksgiving because, you know, all the Americans oh, yeah. are like having their dinners and everything. And they're posting photos of their dinners. And the only thing I could afford to make was a bowl of rice one single oh. bowl of rice that was my meat that was my food for the whole day because <laughs> i was rationing so that part wasn't very fun but again i think it'll stabilize and hopefully play like my at least my goal is by the time I, i've had like a year which is going to be in may i hope to at least not have these like i just joined i just got here problems at least not to the same level that when i did get here like one of my biggest events was getting a pair of scissors for the first time <laughs> Like, you realize, holy shit, I, like, there's so much shit that you normally have that you just don't have anymore, and you have to go buy it now. First time I got a towel, or, like, scissors, or... One time I got something, I got a knife, but you needed a knife to open the, the, oh, the box open the of knife. knives. Because it was, like, one of those, like, plastic ones, those, like, secure plastic cases. Yeah, 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 no, I'm like, like, thing you can't buy, like, or Microsoft anything. points or something. Yeah, like, you, like, it's not like you could just, like, tear it open nicely, so I, I didn't... I'm like, I need this knife to open this box that has the knives in it. So I had to like use my key, but it's not real, the keys aren't really sharp. So I had to just kind of use almost like a hammer until I crush the plastic enough I could rip it open. Again, you, you, at least there's some like a little like humbling appreciation of like, oh, I don't have to, you know, thinking about large scale anything at least, but that's really a silver lining. It still kind of sucks. I had to build my bed with a water bottle because I don't have a hammer. I have a metal aluminum water bottle and I filled it up with water and I just, went to town on some nails so that, that is the most 20s living on your own thing that i've heard of yeah basically basically it's it's the fact that i moved the fact that i moved with i had the suitcases that i carried on me was the only things i brought with me and like only over time have i slowly been like bringing more things um because i'm not rich enough to like throw everything into a crate and bring it over that I uh, kind of felt like a student again, almost like I'm broke. Um, I got this like really sparse living location for a while. My mattress was on the floor because they didn't, they forgot to deliver the rest of the bed, which is at least better than the inverse. I didn't have electricity for five days, actually. So I actually lived without electricity for five days. That was, that was a time. That is unbelievably struggle bussy in the middle of Paris. In There's no electricity. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not in the middle, middle, but like definitely within the city limits, which is pretty fancy. Yeah, I actually, thankfully, it was summer, so the sun set at like 10 p.m. or 10:30 p.m. or something. It's goes the sun's up really, really late, and then I had to, I put this, all I had was a mattress. I put the mattress by the window, so at least I get moonlight before I went to sleep. Hopefully, if the uh, Omicron Rona doesn't destroy all of humanity or we move on to whatever the letter is after that in the greek alphabet 
hopefully they'll have some kind of Pokemon regional or something that I can go do over there. Go play Pokemon. It would be cool to have people visit here because I feel like I'm the one who's visiting there. But like, there's cool things to do here. I'd love to like tour someone around here. You know? Yeah, I certainly. Know places I would love now. to go to I actually know places again. now, basically. Yeah, and that don't got to deal with like parking lots and you know San Francisco drivers and I would many love other to... things. What I was planning on doing before the pandemic, and one of the reasons I, I was working really hard at my last job, is I was saving a bunch of money uh, for a trip for two, uh, and of course the second <laughs> person isn't here anymore, to go to Japan. And so maybe I take a trip for one to Japan and France, or I, I definitely want to do some traveling. I still but... want to go back to Japan. I still wanted to go back to Japan. Sure, Obviously, yeah. I didn't necessarily want to go. I mentioned that before. I didn't necessarily want to go with what was essentially a couple's trip, because that's just incredibly awkward and invasive, and I didn't really want to be that kind of person. Um, but I guess, not that it's a good thing that it fell apart, especially the way it did, but since it isn't, at least we can maybe do the, the return trip. To go visit and see if Kitty's bike is still there. Yes, I have to get my bike back. It's Kitty's bike, but it's actually my bike because she bought it. Oh, but I bike. was the only one who used it. Yeah, I, she never used oh. it. I have, oh, okay, okay. I have Kitty's bike. <laughs> she key. bought it, but only used. And I remember where I know where the bike is and where we left it, and it's just been out there in the humid southern Japanese weather probably rusting really bad not being clean of course she didn't maintain it all even when we were there i know exactly <laughs> where it's parked it's parked in a small city in southern japan and i i know what it looks like it and what wall there, it's leaned up against it and i'm gonna go back there i i give up with the rest of the world you know like you know at uc davis they will steal your bike seat if, if you lock down your bike, so like if you just lock your tire, they'll just take your bike and leave the tire, right? So you have to lock yeah, up I've the whole that. frame of the bike, right? But sometimes they'll just take your bike seat. And why are they taking your bike seat? Because someone stole their bike seat and they need a exactly. bike seat because they can't ride their bike back. So it's there's one it's thief like they and say everyone's in the just trying to, to rebuild yep. their bike. Yeah, to yep. rebuild their bicycle. Yep. And so in Japan, when I was there and my friend left his bike at a park, I was like, yeah, I'll walk you back to get your bike. And then we walked back and it was leaning up against like a random like bathroom stall wall or something like that. Kind of a, a bathroom stall outside of a park. And he picks up his bike and I'm like, whoa, you didn't lock your bike up? And he's like, no, I just left it here at the park. I'm like, but it was just like, it's just here. Like, why didn't you lock it up? He's like, oh, I, I don't need to. I'm like, do you need like a bike lock or something? You need a chain? He's like, why, why would I need that? And there was such a disconnect between our two <laughs> cultures. I, like, I couldn't comprehend why he would leave his stuff unattended in a public space in southern Japan. Like, it just didn't, it didn't click to me. And I should mention, me. so, like, America, so, like, UC Davis and the American universities are really big bike places, but, like, the cities aren't because they're dangerous and full of cars. Like, in, in Paris and over here, the mayor, on Hidalgo, and her, like, government has been, like, pushing for a lot more, like, bike infrastructure and, like, closing streets to cars and really opening things up to bicycles more, which has been wonderful, by the way. But this is not Japan, and, like, bike theft is still a problem. Like, there was a... At work, people would bring their bicycles into the office and just kind of put them in, like, a... part In, like, the lounge, kind of. And they were... They wanted to cut that off, and so they said we can have, like, a bike parking space in the, in the building that you can put it in. But it's not, like, in view of the windows. And, like, within, like, four days, someone already had their bike stolen from that parking space. Again, like, they just... Either they snap the chain or they, like disassembled the bicycle around it or something but 
it is just you i use only the bike if i bike i use the bike shares the project bike share program you kind of like tap a card like you would to any transit like this you do with yeah, little yeah. scooters and stuff i just use yeah, the bike share the the velib metropole because I just take the bike and then when it's done, I leave it in a station. I don't have to deal with it getting robbed. And I see people talking about they get like the shittiest bike possible. They get like the pink girl's bike or something because no one's going to steal that. They're too macho. <laughs> just the really ridiculous ways people have to do to to not to not get robbed. And meanwhile, I'm remembering like in Japan, you'd see like an alleyway. Someone would just have a bicycle there. And it's not like they lost it. it they're just parking it. And they know no, one, no one's going to no steal it. it. Yeah, yeah, actually, in the... At least the, if someone steals the, it, it's very rare. In the area of bikes where I left Kitty's bike, a lot of those bikes don't have locks. Her bike has a rear tire lock, so you can't just ride it away. I mean, you can totally pick it oh, up yeah, and I walk away with kids. it. But all the other bikes like just are completely not locked down. People leave their front doors unlocked. If you have a house, they'll just leave their bike like right out in front of their house. It's literally mind-blowing to me. I, I would love to go back to Japan. Uh, and hopefully... I'm hoping next year... Um, especially because I, I've really been kind of assigning myself. Like, this is your reward for working so hard. You're going to travel somewhere. I've been traveling within California, but it, it'd be nice to go somewhere that's not, you know, your home. Not somewhere I'd also I can like just to drive not travel within California to California, especially because, like, not only is that, like, my travel money has been going to California, but that's, like, it means that my travel, like, destinations is literally the place I lived in my whole life up to May of, of this year. <laughs> Which is not like a very refreshing vacation destination. Yeah, I definitely want to uh, I do something internationally, but I'm only going to do it if it's safe. If we're having these yeah, constant and outbreaks, countries are uh, locked yeah, down. I'm not trusting this is going to happen necessarily anytime soon because I definitely don't want to do it until it's safe. I especially don't want to do it in Japan. I don't want to ruin them. Like, I, I hate like the idea. We already caused such havoc. In Japan, last Olympics. time we were there, just just yeah. by the nature of being American, we weren't like trying, you know, we weren't being like a Jake Paul kind of situation. We were just, just, the, just by being American, we were already causing havoc because of the culture difference and the fact that American culture is so obnoxious everywhere. And yeah, I don't want to do that, like when it comes to disease, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to tread in that path. Yeah, last time it was suitcase warfare, and this time it'll be biological warfare. When I yeah, accidentally like, like no, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin slid that. Down with suitcases, right. down an escalator full of people, and almost knocked <laughs> all of them out. It would it would have been bad. I, I mean, I did catch it. No one got hurt, but ooh, I'm a little bit slower on the draw, and we could have had a disaster. And I might be in a Japanese prison right now. It's possible. Or no, they probably send me back. They probably send me back. Oh, and they put me in they put you to prison, prison first, though. They put you in prison first while they deal with the paperwork of sending you back. So. It wouldn't have yeah. been a fun time. Yeah, it would not have no. been a fun time. So thankfully it didn't happen. But yeah, I definitely don't want to do anything like this until I am sure that things are better. And at least better than they are now, it still feels kind of like things are better, but they're better in a very fragile way, as we've already seen. Variants and stuff can pop out at any time. And it's not, you know, like, it's not as destructive as it may have been in the beginning of 2020, but it's not something I necessarily want to want to play around with you know it's like it's like if you get if you were playing russian roulette and you get three clicks like just stop playing you know don't don't keep going yeah i've gone this long without getting the rona Same. and i i think i would i will continue uh, if possible and I, I am i see it's uh, everything you do is risk so i was at a 13 person pokemon tournament last uh last night and so like 13 people to me is fine you know i'll go and dine in at restaurants now that's chilling. I'll get my booster shot as soon as it's available. 
But once we're talking about international travel or like, I, I still yeah, want to do like concerts. Like, if it happens here, it, I, I got infected in Paris and I stay in Paris, right? And for the most part, it, like I quarantine myself and I can do that and it costs nothing to me because it's my own apartment. But if it's international, not only now do you have to deal with the process in a, in a foreign country on what do you do when you get infected in a foreign country, but then you have to deal with the fact of, well, now you just infected a foreign country and I don't want it. Or you've just brought back infection from a foreign country, possibly through an airplane where people are dispersing all around the whole world. And like, I just don't want that, that you know, pressure on me. At least not not to the level I can avoid it. Going home and, and for like holidays and stuff is something I still already feel uncomfortable about. And I probably, if I didn't, if there's another, I don't plan to do this again, like for a bit. So uh, we'll see, but I'm, and this is good anyways, because I can save money for an actual Japan trip because right now I cannot afford that at all. I have a lot of audio edit, so that'll be the end of the Early Access Podcast Season 2. Thanks for listening. We'll be back at some point next year. Check us out on Spotify and iTunes. But I'm sure we'll be back in 2022. Uh, Thanks for listening. Check me out. Still Shampoo on everything, including TikTok and Twitter. And thanks for listening to the show. Leave us a rating on Spotify and iTunes and Discord.g slash Still Shampoo where I post updates on stuff I'm doing. See you some other time.